Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the base keeps running, running, and running. Five There's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. Oh, 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 What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the opening line. We took a uh, we took a week off. Um, I would I'd like to blame Xander for that one, um, and I, I could have come out here and and blame myself for not doing a solo episode, which I probably should have done. You know, I had a little time last week, but my life. My life is busy, um, so any free moment I get, sometimes I like to like to just chill. But Wits, welcome back. Glad you can actually be here this time. Um, how was your hiatus? Uh, hiatus was good. Um, sorry that we couldn't get our picks out to you, but Wits had we had another winning week in the pros, four and one last week. So think things are rolling along. Um, another big golf tournament, as they all are this week, got the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. Um, and yeah, I guess a little basketball news. The Lakers did beat the Miami Heat to win the NBA championship, so we've got that as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can start there. Uh, LeBron got gets his fourth, wins his third on a third different team, wins his third Finals MVP on a third different team. And we were saying last year when Kawhi did it in Toronto, um, how cool it would be if he could come over and do it with the Clippers, do three for three. Um, what does this mean to you, Wits? uh lebron does it does it elevate his legacy at all or are you one of the naysayers ah uh, that's a good question i think it definitely has to elevate it somewhat i mean it, it doesn't hurt winning another championship um i guess for me you know and I, I i'm not one of those people who like to take away when people win championships so you know i try not to do that but i, I think it was a relatively easy run i don't think anybody would disagree for the Lakers but at the end of the day they came out and they beat everybody and he won another MVP and was very very deserving of it so I mean yeah definitely elevates him a little bit more and for me I, I still got you know if we're going to have the conversation between Jordan and LeBron I've still got Jordan um, for me it's not super close but you know LeBron still looks like he's got a lot of basketball left to play I mean even at what is he 35 um is that yeah, am I right? Going on thirty-six. Yeah, I mean, he still is at the top of his game. He's just one of those like generational athletes. So, yeah, I think it elevates it for me. But what, you know, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I think you know my thoughts, right? I am a firm believer there's never been a player like LeBron James. And interesting enough, actually, Max Kellerman with a fantastic point. LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stand as the only two best players through a career, that they have the best NBA careers of all time. But the argument where it comes for everybody 
is Michael at his peak might have been the best player of all time. There's been no player that did the three in and three out, and a lot argue that could have been eight in a row. That six-year peak that Michael was, that he won those championships, they're saying that will never be matched. But when you look at it through a full career, Michael's full career doesn't match that of a Kareem, Kareem Abdul, ah, wow. a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or a LeBron James. So I think the way he broke it down, I've never really thought of it that way before, but I thought it was a very interesting way to break it down, and it kind of ha- ends and separates the conversation of LeBron versus MJ. Yeah, oof, that's interesting. For me, that's kind of like the, the MVP debate. You know, is it more of a actual most valuable or is it a stats-based award? I think that kind of leaks over into a greatest of all time conversation. Like, there's so many different things that you can look at. And, yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, LeBron's entire career might be a little bit higher elevated in some circumstances. But I don't think I would disagree that Jordan at his peak for those six years might have been, like, the six best years ever for any one player, um, in which a lot of people argue that it could have been eight had he not stepped away from the game. So it's an interesting point. I think there's always going to be arguments about it. But regardless, you know, two of the greatest, if not the two greatest players of all time. So the fact that you're in the discussion is something to be said for that. But I would have to say out of all the titles that LeBron has won so far, for me, this one was was the least impressive. Um, you know, still impressive. But, you know, I'd like to I'm really excited, actually, for the league next year. Once we get KD back, once the Warriors are back to full strength, I think it'll be a little more competition and we'll see if the Heat are able to add another piece because they they fought hard. Obviously, we're not the better team and losing Dragic and having Bam injured definitely didn't help them at all. Um, So, yeah, we'll see how they go next year and uh, we'll see if Gianna stays in Milwaukee. But it should be a. I think it should be a fun fun season next year. A lot more competition. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers will be back as well. The Warriors will honestly be back as well. Um, mm-hmm. Steph and Clay being healthy. Draymond there. Second pick in the draft. I think that right. draft pick's going to have to grow up really quick. Not to mention, Andrew Wiggins is there. And we know he didn't turn out to be the number one pick that we were hoping he would be. But there's a lot of talks right. that he's performing at a very high level when the expectations aren't that high on him. So that team... Could be a big threat. Yeah, they could be a big threat, and they've got they got proven winners. I mean, Steph, Clay, they're guys who've done it before, so it'll it'll be interesting. And I, I think this is the most time we devoted to the NBA in I think two and a half years. How about it? Yeah, that's definitely in, since we've done this show. This is the most we've talked about it. Um, so let's get off of this. Let's go to golf because we like golf in the middle. Usually golf first, and then we go into football to get all you guys hyped up. Golf last week, interesting for the Sobel Express. Um, and this is, I think, the first time we've designated our name on here. We're part of this group called the Sobel Express. Uh, Jason Sobel, a fantastic writer for the Action Network. Uh, myself, Wits, and Rube, um, who has been on the show a good amount of times, we made this text group, we are the Sobel Express, and we gambled together. For the first time, we had a matchup, and it went down to the playoffs. We had Wits on Wolf, and we had myself on Austin Cook, and there was the outlier, Martin Laird. Rube was not on him, but Martin Laird, who is the, uh, who's the, I, don't, I was trying to like think of an appropriate word without cussing. Anyways, he was just in our way. He was the obstacle. Um, we were in a playoff wits. We had a chance to win some money. We had our winner down the stretch. 
Martin Laird just made the putt on the second playoff hole. Yeah, it was a really fun tournament. I mean, Martin Laird played extremely well, and it, and it looked like Lady Luck was about to run out there on 17 when he hit his tee shot, probably 25 yards right. Had one of the better up and downs, I think, that I've ever seen relative to the situation. I mean, chipping that ball through the tree onto the green, making that putt was incredible. And it seemed like he kind of got the yips uh, because his balls on 18, you know, he had a bogey to, to force a playoff um, in a hole that he hadn't bogeyed all week, I don't think. So it was a little heartbreaking there. I, you know, I took Matt Wolf, I think, middle of the day on Friday when my, my, top, my top pick, Max Homa, had just played atrociously is very disappointing and had wolf for a big score and didn't get a chance to hedge my bet i was actually out on a date and thought it would be rude to uh pull up the phone and hedge my golf my golf bet so it was uh yeah definitely disappointing um i think my picks for last week we made made 16 bets um got 100 bucks back so you know, we were down down about 60 so it wasn't terribly disappointing for the tournament it would have been nice to get that wolf victory go back to back with Sergio and Wolf, but uh, we got it back next week and we are still in Vegas at Shadow Creek. So we're back to back weeks in Sin City. Yeah. Keep it in Vegas. Um, this week I'm just doing FRLs and winners. It's a smaller field. Um, I've got a lot of FRLs now that I'm looking at it right now. Um, <laughs> Wit, how about you? Who are your favorite people here in the first round? Yeah. So I'll, um, I got five first round picks that I like. And I guess what we're always trying to do here is, you know, for winners and FRLs, um, not necessarily taking the top guys, you know, we're, we're looking at, at least in the 30 to one range. So to start us off, um, I think my bottom play would be Daniel Berger at about 33 to one. And Dustin Johnson was actually the favorite in this tournament and had to drop out because uh, he tested positive for COVID. So that definitely shifted the odds a little bit, but I do like Berger. Um, Russell Henley, I'm very high on this week, uh, overall, and I'm going to take him first round at 55 to one. Also like Adam long, I think this is going to be a birdie fest, um, which we're not, we're not quite sure. We don't have a lot of data on shadow Creek, but I like him at 90 to one, uh, Dylan Fratelli at 80 to one. And then the all popular Harry Higgs at hundred to one, I'm going to throw 10 bucks on him to lead the first round. So those are my, uh, those are my first round leader picks. And well, I guess we'll, we'll get to the winners a little later. Yeah, for first round leaders, I'm actually sending wits my first round lead, first round readers like uh, first round leaders. I am really tripping over my own tongue because our bookie, unfortunately, his uh, his father passed away, so I have to go through wits as we use the um, what you call it app, the DraftKings app, or whoever you're going to. Uh, my first round leaders, like I said, I've got a, a pretty big list. Hopefully, we're gonna hit on one of them. I've got Wolf, who looked hot last week, Adam Long, Joel Damon, Daniel Berger, Abe Answer. Russell Henley, and Harry Higgs. So we're going to hope that one of these big dogs comes through and hits big on uh, on the first round, or, yeah, the first round of this tournament. Yeah, um, I like those picks. I think Damon was another guy I was looking at. And then looking at some guys I like to win, um, I really do like John Rahm. I'm not going to put him out there. He's now a 9-1, to one, I think, to win. But I think this this course sets up well for him couple other guys I'm looking at. Uh, Matt Wolf in really good form right now. 
uh, almost took it home. I mean, played really well at the U.S. Open, almost took it home last week. So at around 20 to 1, I like a play on him. Guy I mentioned before, Russell Henley, striking the ball incredible right now. You, you look at his um, his strokes gained on the approach shots. It's, I think, second in the field right now. So he's been playing really well. And as a, a little bit of a long shot, um, I do like Bubba Watson. I think 65 to 1. He's a he's a guy who measures measures up in a lot of the the key statistical categories this week. So I like putting a little money on him. And then looking at some some top 20s, um, guys like Corey Connors, Joel Damon, uh, Fratelli. Uh, those are a few of the guys I like there. And I think you can always kind of buffer your weekend a little bit if you hit on a couple top 20s at you know plus three or 400. So those are those are a few things that I'm looking at. Yeah, I've like I said, I've only got winners, and I'm going back to the well for a couple of my winners. Um, like my first round leader, I do have Joel Damon as a winner at plus twenty thousand. Um, some great value there. And then I'm looking at the top of the leaderboard. We avoid them a lot, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out there and see what I can play with. Put a extra money on them. I've got Rory and Shoffley both sitting at plus twelve hundred, and then my back to the well pick Jason Kokrak plus eight thousand. Just missed the cut. And a crazy, crazy tournament last week. Um, they said if his putting can fall down, it's going to be a dangerous man, just like Joel Damon this week. So we'll see if we can pull this off, and uh, we're certainly hoping. Yeah, certainly hoping. And uh, I think before we get into football, Roz, uh, let's give a let's get a little whirl around the baseball playoffs <laughs> right now. Oh, is that um, happening? It is happening, and boy, oh boy, the Astros are getting their butts handed to them by the Rays. Um, as of today, so we've got game four tonight. The Rays are up three, nothing in this series. We've got a game at seven 40 central time tonight. So this could be the end for the Astros and the Atlanta Braves Roz taking a two Oh series lead on the Dodgers. Those electric LA bats have, I was going to say not totally fallen asleep. They did have a big rally in game two, but two Oh series lead for Atlanta Roz. Are we shaping up for a Braves raise? World Series right now? Uh, I, I don't know. Yes, we're shaping <laughs> up that way, right? Um, the Rays up 3-0. I think it's time to put the kibosh. And I love this uh, article I read today about how the manager's feeling really bad for the slump Altuve's in. And there's just, like, jokes to be made off the bat. I mean, let's think about it. Altuve, who brought them to the World Series off that Chapman home run, I'm sorry, he doesn't have to plug anymore, right? He doesn't have the thing beeping on him, telling him what pitch is coming in. So, of course, he's going to struggle in postseason. There's nobody helping him out. There's no beating drums. There's no buzzers under his jersey. The Astros deserve to lose. They shouldn't even be here to begin with. So, let the Rays move on. It's kind of a bummer the Yankees aren't. And that sounds weird, right? Bummer the Yankees aren't. For some reason, I think it would have been good for baseball in such a weird season to have such a marquee team in it. If we get a Tampa versus Atlanta baseball World Series, that's, I mean... Come on, MLB. That's not what you want. It's not what you need. It's been a tough year for you anyways. Um, I think Dodgers-Astros would be a little more exciting for, it would the, be. for the money that, side of things. Yes. I mean, a lot of a lot of people tuning in to see if redemption for the Dodgers would happen and can they beat the villains. Um, but the Braves up to nothing. I think the Braves are a fun team. I got They got a lot of cool players. But again, like I said, for the grand scheme of money, they're not going to make Major League Baseball a whole lot of money by making it to the World Series. Dodgers down 2-0, and they're not out. You know, like, fucking figure it out there. I don't know how the Dodgers, who have the best lineup, best rotation, year in and year out, continue just to falter the way they do in the postseason. So, I'm not ruling them out yet, but we are set up for a Braves raise. 
World Series. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we definitely are. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm going to have to put the gabosh on the Astros down 3-0 right now. The Dodgers, I think they can definitely come back. But getting Kershaw scratched midday for game two, that was, it was not a good sign with the back spasm. So yeah, how do you we'll see how it plays happen? out. I don't know, man, um, because he was pitching so well. And that's disappointing. Hopefully he can make his way back. But now I think, Roz, we get into the bread and butter of the opening line, and that would be the National Football League. So take, take us through what happened in Week 5. It was an interesting week for sure. Well, the Packers were on by. So that's the start of the <laughs> So I didn't watch. Um, funny enough, Ryan Grant on the Believe Network has a Packers podcast. I just, like, reached out to – Everybody here at the Believe Network, I was like, how have they not put me on that show yet? Like, there's not a Believe host that cares more about the Packers than I do. Put me up with Ryan Grant. He was a Super Bowl winner for us. I know he got hurt that year, but it's about time I get on that show. Um, last week on this show, it would have gone well if you went with Wits' picks. He went 4-1. and one. I don't have all of them in front of me right now. But if you were in our living rooms on Sunday with Wits and I, you wouldn't <laughs> have had a good week because we both got slaughtered. Um... In every which way. Every parlay you took crumbled. Every single one of my fantasy outlooks crumbled. Um, it was a tough one for us. We did not have that great of a time. The playoff gave us a lot of hope later in the Sunday, but we both lost that to Martin Laird. But uh, week five, honestly, I thought it was interesting. So it was kind of the most COVID-plagued week so far. We have the Tuesday showing, which, shit, I didn't know Buffalo could get beat that bad. That was pretty brutal. Then you have the Chargers, who Herbert looks fantastic. Don't know how you blow that game. They do. To Drew Brees, who's looking a little bit more like Drew Manning. Um, so we saw the, those ending games. Chiefs losing to the Raiders is the big one. I love the everyone freaking out train. It's like, oh my god, they, they're going to lose it now. I was like, come on. Not every team's going to go 16-0. and In fact, only one team has ever gone 19-0. and So everyone, take it easy. Anyways... The Bears steal one on Thursday night. Made no sense to me. Vikings, in classic fashion, blow their game against the Seahawks. I'm trying to think of other notable, like, notable games. The Ravens walked away. I mean, uh, any, I, I any mean, big I, takeaway I was, you had? Yeah. You know what? I've, I've crapped on this team for the past, uh, probably since we started doing this show, but the Cleveland Browns, pretty damn good game against the Colts this past week. Um, they were, actually had them in a parlay straight up and they, they they simply just took care of business against indianapolis and i i don't think i'm the only one saying this but philip rivers i think it's time for him to go and we need to go back to my boy jacoby Brissett, because philip is clearly a lot older than he was last year and he'd been getting old and throwing picks and losing games for a long time so i think it's time for a change there um and just to add a little more to our sunday misery to give you some insight uh, had the Vikings money line for the end of a 14 parlay. And you guys know how that went. And also had the Chargers on another parlay, end of a four-teamer. So it was just a rough, <laughs> rough end of the week for Wits's picks. And Roz, I think as we come out of week five, some pretty damaging news in Dallas. Dak Prescott is going to be out for the rest of the year here with a, a pretty gruesome ankle injury. Um, which definitely added to the fantasy frustrations as he's been an absolute juggernaut this year. But aside from fantasy, this was uh, this was real tough to watch because Dak, um, I've always thought, has been a great guy and a great leader. And this Cowboys team, they did end up winning the game. 
which is good, but now they will hand the reins over to Andy Dalton. So, Roz, what do you think about the Cowboys the rest of the year here? I think they still have enough to win the division, but, you know, how does this change the outlook for the Cowboys? I want to make a point right now. You ask why the Cowboys never win. It's because they're cursed. It's because Jerry Jones is such a corrupt, dumb, piece of shit owner who has no care other than the oil rig that's in his backyard that his father happened to have a house on and they made all that money. So standing up and saying, fuck you, Jerry Jones, because Dak Prescott, for all the jokes we make about him, about this team, this guy slings it. This guy's a baller. This guy is deserving of a contract that we're seeing these other quarterbacks get in the NFL. I think Dak just got royally, royally, in the most uncomfortable way for any party of any way you flirt, girls, guys, anything. He got the most royally fucked I've ever seen anybody in my life because of this. And this is now, what, a four, six-month injury? But you look at some of these other compound fractures that we see that's happened to other quarterbacks. I mean, Theismann. Alex Smith, who just came back late earlier this week, and it was very, it was very interesting to see him play. Almost a little timid, waiting to see him take that first shot. I mean, Dak, not a mobile quarterback per se. He is, he that's was one of his traits. He can get out on the run. He can score on the ground. Um, he does have a cannon. He got fucked. That's all I have to say about it. And I feel so bad for him and his family and this team, the players on this team. No one in the organization, not Mike. Not Jerry, not his son Steven, who seems to have a comment about everything. Um, but I do feel really bad for Dak. It was really hard to watch. And the emotions, and that's what you should see, right? Those emotions coming off the field, um, that really that really hits you, you know? Strikes a chord. So, sorry Dak, you are worth the $180 million that Deshaun Watson I don't believe is worth. Um, and uh, hopefully you'll get it at some point down the line. Come back better and stronger. So... Yeah, and I, I saw a ridiculous article title. I forgot who it was from, but it was like Dak Prescott in tears, like leaves field injured. And I'm just like, who in their right mind would write an art, like title an article that like it just blew my mind. Like who who wouldn't be in tears, like not even talking about the injury, but just to think about how much these guys put into being a professional football player like. I'm sure everybody out there would be in tears, like to know that you're not going to be able to play the rest of the season um, and just having all that rehab in front of you. I thought that was just so ridiculous and it really pissed me off. Um, not to say that I'm a Dak fan or a Dallas fan or anything, but just as, just as a sports writer, I think all the guys out there need to do better. Um, but I think we've hit enough on Dak here, Roz. Uh, one other takeaway I had, don't look now, but the Panthers are 3-0 without Christian McCaffrey, after a solid effort by Teddy Bridgewater against the Falcons this past week. They're 3-2, and two, Roz. Are the Panthers for real? I mean, Teddy's a winner. There was a lot of flack on the Panthers, and I might have been part of that after they started 0-2. But Teddy's a winner. I mean, he went 5-0 and for the Saints last year. He was a winner in Minnesota. I, do I think this is a Super Bowl team? God, no. Um, defensively speaking, I don't think they are. Um, they played a pretty close game with the Atlanta Falcons, who I don't think are that great. Um, but Teddy's good, man. You know, Teddy's going to win games. Teddy's not going to beat you down the field. He's another one of those check down kind of guys, maybe a couple slants over the middle, but it will help getting McCaffrey back. I think that'll spread a little bit more. Maybe he gets down the field a little bit more. 
Teddy's not bad. You know, it's not a bad takeaway. They're three and two now. That's I mean, with the Saints, who I think presumably are going to be struggling with Tampa taking a loss, and then the zero and five Falcons. Who's to say Carolina doesn't give it a little bit of a fight here? Yeah, and we 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 finally got our wish, Roz. Dan Quinn was let go. I think immediately after the game <laughs> by Arthur Blank. I think we were uh, we were on. Oh, we're the fire committee here. We've been yeah, we were on FaceTime during that horses. game, and you knew when Arthur Blank was on the field near the end of the game in a three-piece suit, he he was not happy. This Falcons team is just an absolute disaster. But another disastrous performance, which I was really confused about, Roz, was the Bills. On our first Tuesday night football, and I think about 60 years, to come out and have, I think it was eight false start or offside penalties in a game. They looked like the team that hadn't been practicing for two weeks because the Tennessee Titans absolutely dominated the Bills. Um, and I still think the Bills have a very good team, but what a crap effort to come out like that and just get your asses absolutely handed to you by the Titans. It was it was unacceptable. Yeah, that one. McDermott. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, right? The false start stuff. And I've said this to you a hundred times, just like talking over the phone. When we were in Pee Wee, one of the drills is everyone lines up on the line. There's a coach in the middle of the field, falls down. He's going to do everything in his power to get you to jump so you can run suicides. I don't like, it's like free throws too. Just there are certain things since you're a kid that you work on non-stop. Don't move till the ball moves. You hit your free throws, they're free points. Honestly, the false stars blew my mind. And it's just, it's hard to watch because you're like, who the fuck is coaching them and how is this happening? It's it's embarrassing. Yeah, it was embarrassing. And especially coming out against the Titans who like, I don't think were in their facility until Saturday and have been off for two weeks. It, it was not a good effort by the Bills, and I think they're going to be fine, but it was it was disheartening to watch a game so sloppy. Um, but let's give a lot of credit here, Roz, to Ryan Tannehill, because he, uh, you know, ever since he stepped into this role for Tennessee, he's been nothing but, been doing nothing but delivering for this football team, and now they're 4-0, definitely the favorite in the AFC South. So, I mean, the Titans are setting themselves up for another run here. Yeah, we'll see. Tannehill pulling more so than the Teddy Bridgewater stuff. Like, Tannehill, wild. I, who knew? Who knew this guy could play like this? Let's go to week six. Um, we're back. Packers are back. Ethan's fantasy team might not be back. Might be another tough week, especially since one of these assholes that has been on this show a bunch is really flaunting that I dropped Alexander Mattinson. But it's okay. Many more weeks to be had. <laughs> Let's go with the most important thing in Ethan's fantasy and football life. That is the Green Bay Packers. They are back. They are playing Tampa. Tampa, an embarrassing loss to or to Chicago. In fact, so embarrassing, I think it sh or showed everything Green Bay needs to see. Green Bay, only a one-point favorite. Coming off of a bye, getting Devontae Adams back. This is going to be a blowout. This is going to be another one. Green Bay, move them to 5-0. This is one of my picks. Green Bay minus one. Wits gets Tampa plus one. Should be an easy one for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers continuing his touchdown stretch with zero interceptions. Um, an MVP campaign for the ages. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm on the other side of this one, Roz. I've, I've got this game power rated as with Tampa as a one-point favorite, so I'm going to go with the numbers here. Um, I think we're definitely getting a little bias here, seeing what Tampa did last week against the Bears. The Packers have looked great this year, and I think they're a very good team. Probably my top team in the NFC right now, but I, I do think the Bucks come out and win this game, so I do like Tampa plus one. And kind of going to go along with the theme again this year, Roz. Taking underdogs, three of them at home. So I'll rattle off the rest of my picks here real quick. I love San Francisco this week as a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home versus the Rams. Um, the 49ers got absolutely trounced by Miami last week. Jimmy got pulled after the first half. Was it because he was hurt? Was it because he stunk? I think it was a little bit of both. But I really think they're going to have a bounce-back week versus L.A. at home. Um I like Philly plus seven and a half at home versus Baltimore. Philly, they were in the game a little bit versus Pittsburgh, but Chase Claypool just decided to have the best individual effort I think I've ever seen, especially from a rookie scoring four touchdowns in that game. I do like them plus the touchdown on the hook versus Baltimore. Um, then I also like Dallas plus two and a half at home versus the Cardinals. And then my last game, I hate to do it, but I'm going to take Houston plus three at Tennessee, which I think is going to be a shocking upset here with the Romeo Cornell now led Houston Texans. Wow. You just rattled off a shit ton of picks. Um, I'm against you on that. We're going Titans minus three. I just looked at that and it, they're incredible. Cornell, <laughs> they did what they did last week, got their first W, but that's a team that looks like they're still struggling. Doesn't look very good there. Bengals plus eight. We were just talking about Philip Rivers looking old. I think the Bengals come in here and win this game. Honestly, I think the Colts are overvalued, and I think the Bengals are undervalued. Tough week for the Bengals against the Ravens. Would be a tough week to go up against that defense anytime in Baltimore. Um, Bengals plus eight. Chiefs minus three and a half. You might as well put the mortgage down. It's an easy, soft bet by whoever Vegas is there taking away or taking a lot of stock in that Oakland win Chiefs minus three and a half might be the easiest bet I've ever told you to take in fact the last time I said that I said Chiefs minus three against the Ravens how'd that one go for you guys um and lastly Pitt minus three and a half the Claypool stuff thought was fantastic um last week and now hopefully they'll do it to Juju for you wits you see me giving you good Juju always rooting for your fantasy team yet you're on the opposite side of mine um <laughs> I'm gonna go big time with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got it. Got it. Yeah, so this is uh, going to be an interesting week. Uh, I think Browns-Steelers, yeah, that's going to be a great game. Division matchup. You got three really, seems like, I'll say two really good teams and the Browns, who could still be a really good team. It's, you know, yet to be seen. Um, Bears-Panthers, another interesting one. I think we're going to learn a lot from that game if the Bears are, I know they're 4-1, and one, but it's been it's been questionable. But, you know, you don't have to give the wins back, so we'll take it. And, yeah, I think Chiefs-Bills. So I think this will be interesting. Both teams coming off a loss. Uh, and I was a big fan of Derek Carr this week. I mean, he gets a ton of shit for just dinking and dunking the ball. And he was just murdering the Chiefs, throwing up huge passes. Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar. Um, I think they said he was the first Raiders quarterback to uh, maybe it was throw for 300 yards since Rich Gannon 
which was when we were in, I think, first or second grade. So uh, congrats to him. But, yeah, this will be an interesting week with both teams. Um, I think both Super Bowl contenders coming off of a loss and not looking particularly good. So that'll be, uh, I think, the game of the week. Let's get it, baby. Game of the week. Like I said, Green Bay is going to dominate this week, go to 5-0, and continue to, be a top, continue to be at the top of the power rankings where they deserve to be. It's the Packers season that I couldn't be more excited about. Wits, any final thoughts going into this week? Uh, yeah, let's let's have a great week. I mean, I feel like as bad as Sunday was, every week is a new week, a new opportunity, and uh, hopefully we win a little money. And I also want to come in with my college football pick of the week. I'm going to start doing this every week. If you have any extra money lying under the mattress – Syracuse plus three and a half. I think this is one of the most lopsided spreads I have seen in college football this year. I have this game power rated. Syracuse is a nine-point favorite. Syracuse plus three and a half is my go-to bet, and I think if you want to take them on the money line as well, you should absolutely do that versus Belmont. Um, they are one and three facing an undefeated Belmont team, but I think this game is a severe mismatch on the odds making. So Syracuse plus three and a half, book it. Wow, you heard it here first. Something I have not paid one bit of attention to, and that is the NCAA. Um, striked NCAA 2020. Uh, yeah, you heard it. Take Syracuse. Uh, for me, I don't have a college pick for you. Just go out there and force the NCAA to start paying the players or let them just go straight from high school to the pros. That is <laughs> the opening line, everybody. That was my final thought. Um, I, I, yeah. I guess we need a big win. If you can't hear it in my tone right now, we're going to need a big win in a lot of areas. So hopefully we go out, hopefully we handle, hopefully we go do. Um, this has been the opening line. We'll catch you next week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Ryan Grant, bring me on your show, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah.
Listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.